The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 23rd, 2020, season 16, episode number 69. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Stars. Thanksgiving week, but before we get to Thanksgiving, we got to talk about the Cowboys' big win yesterday. They get into the win column finally uh, after a very, very tumultuous season so far. They win 31-28 to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and as we start usually on Mondays, I'm going to go around the table and get the big storyline of the game. Nick, let's start with you. What was the biggest storyline coming out of this game for you? They hit their ass. I mean, they, they hit them mm. from the start. I mean, they, okay. they from the start, they were hitting them in the mouth. They were, Some of them was, was you know, causing turnovers. But, I mean, even some of them didn't, was on their touchdowns. But either way, the Cowboys' defense was physical from the very beginning. And I thought that was that, that was just evident the whole game. And I think, I think it just kind of carried on throughout both sides of the ball. But I think just the physicality of it was something we hadn't seen. You know, it's interesting, before we get to Amber and Dave, I was thinking about that a little earlier, how physical that game was. How much do you think that affects them going into a game where yeah. you have a short week and you got to turn your body around to play on Thursday? Yeah, it helps when you win. I mean, True. I, I think it feels better if you if you get a win like that. Yeah, but it, you, we'll find out. But, I mean, it's still a young team for the most part. So, I think I think we'll see how it goes on, on Thursday. I mean, they're not playing it. A great team over there. So, I mean, they might have a chance to, to still win. But, yeah, it, it could affect them. Amber, what was the big storyline for you? Well, I hope they're not hyping me up for nothing. I hope <laughs> they maintain this hype up because otherwise, uh, oh, my God. But I think that after this game, seeing what they were able to do, it's like one of those things that, well, maybe they can go ahead and win the rest of this thing and win the, the NFC East if they keep playing the way that they did uh, in the game last night. So it, it was just good to finally see an offense that wasn't perfect, but that was able to move the chains and get into the end zone, and as well as the defense, a defense that was bringing the fire again. Not super consistent throughout the full whole game, but consistent in the moments that they needed it the most. So I think uh, it's one of those things that here we are, and maybe the Cowboys do win this whole thing, looking especially at the rest of the schedule. Dave. Oh, Amber, I just love your I love your what Monday. What a loser. I'm such a loser. Man. I just I love your Monday. No, I love your swings. I love, you know, you're right back in it and you you should be. And that's so within the within the game itself, I think my biggest takeaway is just that that's that's probably the best we've seen the offensive line play all season. Um, you know, 180 rushing yards, easily their best total of the day. Zeke looked much more like the Zeke that we want to see. Tony Pollard obviously had some success. Dalton only got hit one time. Uh, you give yourself a chance to win if your offensive line plays that way. And then, you know, I said all last week that I thought that was a litmus test. And if they are capable of playing that way for the final six games, they've got a chance to win probably all of them. I'm not saying they will win all of them, but they should be in all six of those games if they play the way they played yesterday, which obviously it gives them a chance to win the division as crazy as that sounds so here's a big question and i think 
all fans out there listening are probably wrestling with a little bit this morning. How much, if at all, does this game and what they were able to do yesterday change your expectations of this team for the season? Amber, I'm going to start with you. The expectations? I, I don't think it really changes the, the expectations for me because, again, based on everything that we've seen this year, it's like one of those things that you got to see it to believe it at this point. And yes, it was great to see what they were able to do. And now we can see what they can possibly do. But as far as expectations go, I don't I don't think my expectations have really changed much. Although I just got done saying that I think that they can win the rest <laughs> right. of this thing. But at the same time, it, it's just like you, you, you've seen both sides now. And it's just can they maintain that kind of consistency? Can they actually find consistency in the second half of the season and do I expect that not really but I now have hope again that they can do that so um, I don't know what to tell you as far as expectations it's just kind of just kind of there like I need to see it as we go Dave I think I think the expectation is just I think you can, based on this game, you can expect them to to be a competent football team for the last six weeks, which like I, I feel like maybe that sounds ridiculous, but what I mean by that is the expectation changes from, you know, Derek, if you had said to me on Friday, oh, man, you know, maybe they win this game, maybe they get on a roll, maybe, you know, maybe they go eight and eight, I would say, Derek, I would say, Derek stop it. Stop being stupid. That's ridiculous based on what we've seen. I can't I can't say that anymore not with a straight face and and a big part of that is what's left on the schedule obviously you know they don't they're not playing any more good teams Baltimore's the best team left on the schedule and Baltimore's lost 3 of 4 so if they play that way against the quality of the opposition that's in front of them which is not good then they've got a chance to win a lot of games so my expectation for what they're capable of achieving has not changed like this team's not going to win the Super Bowl uh but you know I think you probably you probably have to put the tanking conversation on the back burner if they're going to play that way against the teams that are left on the schedule. I guess that's that's the difference. Nick, um, I mean, the expectation is that they'll play well um, or, or be in these games. You know, that like Dave said, you know, they the schedule favors them at this point. I think the schedule favors the Cowboys more than any other team in the division. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they've won three games this year. They have not been. Uh, winning at the two-minute warning at any of those three games, um, they've had to have you know come from behind wins just to get three. Uh, you know, Dalton's pass should could have been intercepted on the on the you know on the goal line there. They needed a fourth down to save it. So it's not like they, you know, we could have we could be sitting here talking about two and eighteen. We're not because you know the Cowboys did enough and they they took that game. They won it. They they, they definitely earned it. But I'm just saying, you know, the way that they're playing. There's going to be some some games that they lose probably that they, they shouldn't. So my expectations is that this roller coaster ride is going to have more flips in it, more turns. You know, I just hope everyone, you know, no one falls off. But I mean, I think for the most part, it's it's going to be a wild ride to the end. But you, nothing about yesterday changed what you expect or what you think this team is capable of. No, I mean, obviously, I didn't. Uh, you know. I, no, I, I don't think they're they're not a great football team, but you don't have to be great to make to win, you know, the division this year. So uh, I st- I think that they, 
you could just tell the the excitement level and the, and the relief of finally getting a win. I mean, it was it was a very uh, excited locker room, excited plane ride and stuff like that. They, they were they were excited because I mean they've been taking a lot of beatings here for a while. No, and and I heard you say it this morning on the radio. It's not just beatings they've been taking on the field. They've been taking a beating in Dallas. Yeah. They've been taking a, me- a beating well, with the media. They've been taking a, a beating with fans. Like well, and by by the way, yeah. it's probably due because of how they've played so far. Right, and I mean, and the the media and fans are setting them up for a trap. You know, how's that? Well, because you they the people that say they should tank and all that are the first ones that'll jump their ass if they actually did. You mm-hmm. know, if they actually quit, that's what people will talk about. Even though they want to, they think they want a higher draft pick, but. If they actually did quit on the team and quit on themselves and didn't really win, didn't play hard, they, you know, those coaches and those players would be the first ones criticized by the same people that probably want a high draft pick. Yeah. So you don't fall into it. You don't worry about it. You just go out and you play. And you know they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some, and we'll see if it's good enough. Yeah. Just to be clear, just to be fair, I think a lot of those people are wanting what they call organic tanking. They want them to play well. They want them to play hard, but just. Yeah. The, the they want the everything to fall at the end of the game to where they don't win. But to be uh, <laughs> as you were saying last yeah. week though, when it came down and Dave and I were sitting across from each other watching this game, yeah. and both of us said the same thing. When it came down to that last drive, it was like okay, so at this point, who are you rooting for? What are you rooting for if you're a fan at this point in the game? Like you at the point when they needed to get a score in order to take the lead and win, and then at the point when they needed to to get a stop. Like what are you rooting for at that point? And I'm hard-pressed to think there were fans out there that were really rooting for no, them to I, lose I, at that I'm, point. I'm not seeing That's one that you just kind of deal with the next day, and you're like, man, I don't know how much that win helped us, but it felt good last good night, win. right? Yeah. All right, we're going to take an early first break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of our moments that mattered. Each of these guys is going to tell you a moment from the game that really made a difference in the game. Uh, later, we'll get into some performance reviews. There are a lot of players that we need to point out that had really, really good days yesterday. We'll start Uh, We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. 
May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. The Cowboys will be back at AT&T Stadium on Thursday to take on Washington. On Thanksgiving Day, tickets starting are just $89 on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We're talking about the Cowboys' big win yesterday. They beat the Minnesota Vikings 31-28. Now they start turning their attention toward the Washington football team, who will be here at AT AT&T Stadium this Thursday Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, We'll get into that tomorrow and Wednesday. We'll actually have Bucky Brooks on with us on those two days to talk about the Washington football team's offense and their defense uh, and start getting you guys ready for that game on Thursday. Let's focus back on this game yesterday, though, and uh, let's jump into some of the moments that mattered. Let's start first with you, Dave. What was the biggest moment that mattered for you in that game? You know, there's a lot to choose from, but... How about how about Donovan Wilson's second forced fumble? Uh, you know the one that snuffed out the the Vikings drive there at the end of the first half. It led to it led to a Cowboys field goal, did it not? Yeah, it leads to them taking a two possession lead going into halftime. Uh, obviously, you know the Vikings fought back and 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 negated that, but it it still helps you set the tone. For the second half, in the sense that you know you have this two possession lead that you can protect, and I think everybody in the world probably thought the Vikings were going to go. I mean, obviously get at least three, but maybe even get six. The way that their offense was starting to get rolling, and uh, maybe I'm biased too because it was just so much fun to see a safety make a play like that. <laughs> but that kind of it was the opposite of what you expect to happen watching this team. Like, the Cowboys don't make plays like that. And, uh, not like I said, not only did it kill a Vikings scoring opportunity, but it, it led to some pretty – I mean, it led to three points in a game that you won by three. So, yeah, that's that's probably where I go. Yeah, that was a huge play. And I actually want to talk about – we're going to talk about Donovan Wilson a little later in the show, just what he's meant to this defense. Really, over these last two weeks, it's been two games now that he's had a really, really – a big impact on the game, much bigger of an impact than we've seen from safeties uh, with this team in a long time. Nick, what was your moment that mattered? Uh, I'll go a little bit um, before that in the second quarter. You know, the Vikings had a fake punt, um, and they they converted, and they got down to the to the Cowboys' uh, 33-yard line, and of course, a penalty mm-hmm. brought him back. And and then the next thing you know, the same guy who made that catch, Chris Boyd, uh, he ends up getting a penalty after after the next punt. So you know, at ten at ten oh six to go in the second quarter, the Vikings look like they've got the ball and the Cowboys thirty three. At nine fifty six to go, the Cowboys have the ball at their own forty eight. I mean that was a huge change. They go down and score. So I thought, you know, it's a seven six game. The Vikings look like they they keep it rolling. Next thing you know, the Cowboys have the ball and they go score. I thought that was a huge flipping of the field. Go go back with me to that the the play before uh-huh. the the uh, fake the punt. fake punt. What were they what was Dallas Dallas doing there? Because it didn't seem like I don't know why the guy shifted down as though he were gonna gonna go and try to get the punt. It it just seemed like a bad decision to leave that guy just sitting out there because all he did was basically raise his hand. Now he moved yeah. around more than he should have. But if he wouldn't have moved, 
and just kind of said, hey, do you see this? Yeah. Like, that's an easy conversion. Something seemed off with that. Yeah, it did seem off. And I asked a little bit of people about it, and, and I got different answers. Because one of the one, somebody said that, yeah, the coaches knew that it was an illegal formation, so they said go ahead and send it. Because, because they knew? Because they knew that they're not lined up right, and they're going to call it. Plus, they're yelling in the guy's ear that that was the call. So I don't know if that's the case. Or I've seen it before where they just kind of clamp in and hope to block the punt, but... I don't know. I, and Dowdle, I think, is supposed to get over I have there. a hard time. This is a team that has messed up how many dudes they have on the field on special teams a couple of times this year. Like, that is impressive if they knew that the Vikings were lined up illegally in the moment. Like, just in the moment, they were like, yeah, he's lined up wrong, so go try to go get the punt. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm dubious. I'm yeah. very dubious. I think it, it stemmed from the play before the punt before they weren't lined up right. They're telling the officials that if they see it again, then just go after it and try to block it because nothing's gonna nothing bad's gonna happen. Yeah, you know I I don't know I, I I'm I'm not necessarily buying it because both of the of the gunners went. So it's not like just the guy from that sideline right. hearing the coaches saying go go go. They both went. So. So that was know. a called play. Yeah, it just seems like it's a bad design because that seems like that's something easy. And I would assume most special yeah. teams, most punt units know, hey, if you got a guy out there sitting out there, you're going to basically, the punter's going to just throw it to him. Yeah, exactly, because there's no harm in doing Especially that. midfield. Right. It just didn't, that didn't seem like a, yeah. a, a well thought out decision it, it if that worked. was a, decide, <laughs> a decided play that they wanted well, to run there. That was a moment that mattered. It definitely was a moment that mattered. Amber, what was the moment that mattered for you? Well, that that was what I was going to choose as well. I mean, even though it was still very early in the game, I think that that decision that benefited the Cowboys, the flag that benefited the Cowboys, was huge because we know how plays like that can easily shift and change the momentum of a game. But if I had to pick something else from the game, I mean, there, there were many things, many... Uh, players that definitely stood out during this game that made really big things for the Cowboys. But I got to give a shout out to C.D. Lamb and that amazing catch that he had in the end zone. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that he was going to get that. We, I, I, As I watched it, I definitely thought, oh man, here's Andy Dalton. He overthrew that. And then <laughs> next thing you know, Freaking CeeDee Lamb turns with this whole body and falls on the ground with the ball in his hands. So that was an absolutely big moment for the Cowboys there. Yeah, that play, I, I don't know, that catch was just amazing. Uh, he, his ability to be able to contort his body, find the ball, track the ball, and then make the catch. Yeah. Not a lot of NFL wide receivers can do that. And, uh, and his ability to do that, it just shows you why the Cowboys – even though they didn't need a receiver, and you can argue there were a lot of positions they could have taken that would have been better suited for them at the time, mm-hmm. they had to jump on the pick to to get C.D. Lamb because he is a he is he is looking more and more like the kind of player that is that is going to have a very long and a very very successful career. I, yeah, I thought he was amazing, and not just on that. I thought he had. I loved the way they used him yesterday. They were running the ball with him and faking you know, runs with him, and, and he was very physical, too. He had some plays in there. He was running over people in that one run, and the one catch where he fought for extra yards. I thought that was a really pivotal play. So I, I, I just really liked what they, they – it was almost like they took the bye week to say, wait a second, he's our first-round pick. Let's utilize this guy in more ways, and, and we saw it. Dave, did you have something you were about to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, they might not have needed a receiver, but they needed 
glam. Like, yeah. you can't afford to pass on that. And thank God they didn't because 16 other teams, or maybe 16, because, you know, teams took some quarterbacks that look really good. But there's a few teams right now that feel stupid for letting that happen. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, he's a. I actually, he made that catch in training camp, like maybe the fourth day. Maybe the fourth day of camp, he did something very similar. And, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy wouldn't let us video anything or show anything. And I remember being really frustrated that not more people were going to get to see what he did. So it's nice that he managed to do that in a game and <laughs> just let everybody know, like, he's the real deal. That, that was, yeah, he's he's awesome. Every fan should be really excited that he's here for for the long term yeah he just decided to do it for a national audience rather than just you guys out at training camp practice um, yeah right you know i'll throw out this other play too uh it was fourth and one it was another cd lamb play that fourth and one jet sweep mm-hmm. where he picks up the first down that was in the second quarter about seven minutes left uh, but that was a huge play for them and really yesterday they were pretty aggressive when it came to fourth downs they yeah. went for it three different times and converted two of them what were your thoughts on just their ability to be aggressive yesterday. And not only that, but they did some things just from a play-calling standpoint, like you said, Nick, that were a little different to pick up some of those uh, first downs. Yeah, I mean, the touchdown, uh, both touchdowns were plays that we hadn't really seen a lot of. The one, I mean, mm-hmm. not both touchdowns, uh, the, the, the first Andy one. The Dalton one. The, the first one to Zeke, I mean, throwing it out there, and then the one to Schultz. Schultz, yeah. Schultz actually said to me, and you guys would laugh if you knew where I interviewed Schultz, but um, he... Uh, the bus bathroom? <laughs> Bus bathroom? Yeah. No, okay. no, the plane, plane area. bathroom, bathroom. close to the oh, okay. bathroom. Not the, yeah. not in the bathroom. It's a good guess, there. though, yeah. right? Everyone's looking up there, like, what's going? You know, it all helps when you win. You know, yeah. oh, you no, win, no. no one really cares. But yeah, he said well, they've been working on that for about four weeks now. And I'm thinking, well, you've lost four games in a row. Why not whip it out? I mean, you know, talking about talking about the, the, the play, obviously, not anything else by the bathroom. But I think it was a good. Um, I, I think it was obviously a, a, a just just a dynamic type of play call. And Kellen Moore should get a lot of credit for that game. Yeah. He he did he did a really nice job all game. He did. Did you have something you were about to say, Dave or Amber? I heard somebody saying. I just under I was well. I was really I was muttering under my breath about Nick's um, plain plain humor, bathroom humor. But um, sorry, no, I I completely agreed. Uh, I just remember I was so frustrated and stupefied that they would try to line up and run right up the gut on third and one with such a compromised offensive line. I mean, there was no chance that was going to work, and then. On fourth down, they ran the jet sweep to CD, which I feel like I've been begging for more of that mm-hmm. for not just this season, literally for like three years. And it, so it was really exciting that that they dusted that off right there. I don't I don't think you need to wait until fourth and one to do that. You should probably do it five or six times a game in all sorts of different situations. But it's a step in the right direction. That was really exciting. Yeah. It was good to see the the combination of play calling and execution mm-hmm. because I think that throughout the season we've seen moments where Kellen Moore has had some interesting play calling that had the Cowboys been able to execute on the field, it would have been great. But that's been the problem. They haven't been necessarily able to combine the two and make it work. So finally we get to see a game where the play calling was good and then you get the combination of execution and actually seeing it work on the field so that was that was a a good thing and that and that's why i I might be getting a little excited for the rest of the season i don't want to i want to stop myself here but 
but it was good. It, it feels good. Water tasted better yesterday when I was watching the game. So, yeah, it, it feels good when the Cowboys win. Hey, by the end of this show, you're hopeless. By the end of this show, Garcia is going to convince herself that this is a Super Bowl team. I'm telling you, she is moving quickly in that direction. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do. Says that water tasted better. Well. The water tasted better. She, hey, that happens it sometimes. Did. When your team's winning, everything seems a little bit better, right? Like, like I can talk on who said yeah. that after five minutes ago. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final <laughs> break. When we come back, I want to talk about Zach Martin and how great he is and how much he meant to this team. And the biggest question, why the heck did it take until this week for the Cowboys to realize how great he is and how much he could mean to this team? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Are you looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help yep. support local Frisco businesses, Derek, by choosing one of the 30 restaurants at the Star District. I hope you guys did yesterday for your lunch. We did. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside, pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. What'd you have? Uh, we had, what's the name of the place? I'm sorry. It was... Uh, right on the spot. Oh, God. Howard Wangs. Howard Wangs. Yeah, Howard Wangs. That's what it was. Oh. It was nice. okay. It was pretty decent. Okay. That's here in the Star District. In the Star District, yeah. Okay. Not bad. Cool. All right, we're going to get to uh, some performance reviews now. we got some players we got to talk about, and I want to start with Zach Martin. We found out uh, Sunday morning that Zach Martin was going to start at, at right tackle, something that we have been talking about. I know I've brought it up on this show as a question for you guys at least, at least seven, eight times uh, over the last month and a half. Uh, just seeing you know, what the thoughts are. Why isn't he not being the guy that they want to put out there? They were committed to Terrence Still being the right tackle. And 
Mike McCarthy went as far as to even say he even called it fantasy football nonsense when being asked about the the possibilities of moving I know right the possibility of moving uh, Zach Martin to right tackle but they make the decision to do it they put Steele on the bench they put McGovern at right guard which again is what we've all been asking for and as a result the offensive line gives up one sack they have one of their best rushing days that they've had this season Zeke goes 21 rushes for 103 yards a 4.9 average Pollard goes five for 60 12 yard average um, and he had the big 42 yard touchdown run. So the question is, his first question is, is this proof that McCarthy should have made this move weeks ago? Let's start first with you, Dave. Yeah, absolutely it's proof. Everybody knew that. Um, He already did this. That's what made this whole thing frustrating. Zach Martin already did this in week three. Necessity dictated that they throw him out there. He handled it just fine. He played great. And then, you know, Mike McCarthy had the audacity to call it fantasy football nonsense that a hall of football a hall of fame caliber player couldn't make that switch um it was insulting then and it's kind of indicating to see zach martin ball out like we all knew he would um yeah i mean everybody knew this should have happened a long time ago you want to put your five best players on the field this gave him gave him an opportunity to do so i i don't know i don't know why they waited so long i guess i would probably chalk it up to arrogance or insistence on trying to develop a swing tackle in Terrence Steele. You know, maybe if you're looking at the big picture, the more reps he can get, the more chance he has to be a viable player for you in the future. But if you're trying to win games and stay in the division hunt, like the Cowboys have said a million times that they are, this is something you should have done a month ago. Nick? Well, I I think that this has nothing to do with Zach Martin as much as it does with the guards. You know, like, getting the five best guys and, and, and them to realize that, that is McGovern better for them? Is he, is he better uh, than, than playing Steele outside and, and Zach Martin at his natural position? Now, that's what we think is natural position is because he's played it for six years. I, I kind of think he could do anything, really. He mm-hmm. might be able to play fullback. But um, I just think that it, it was more about McGovern. And I, and I said it about a, a couple weeks ago when we did a, a – we did an article about which young player do you want to see more down the stretch, and I, my choice was McGovern because you got to figure this out as a third-round pick. He's got to he's got to play, and so this is the best way to get him on the field to play. So I think it was all about McGovern and getting him in. And I, I'm curious to see how he grades out. I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. I know some of those big runs were on the right side uh, with him and Zach Martin both. So. He, he didn't seem like he was a problem to me. So I, I thought it, it's great that Zach Martin can do that, but I think it was about McGovern. And I, to Dave's point, I mean, he played the Washington game, so maybe he could have kept playing. They could have done this before, but, you know, Zach Martin was coming back and all that. I think this is probably this is the best time to do that. Amber. I think, I mean, we've everything that they just said, and we've been saying it that we sh- wanted to see this change for a long time, but I think it maybe simplified it this time around because now you knew that you had Joe Looney in the center because you had to move Biedish to the injury reserve. So that's one move there. Then you've seen, you've had a few games where you've gotten to see uh, Connor McGovern at guard, so you know he's very capable of handling that position. So at this point, I think that maybe, maybe, and I'm just trying to find some kind of reasoning as to why they waited this long, 
but maybe this was one of those things that looking at your line at this point you actually only need to make one move and that's moving your all pro guard to tackle other than that you're not really messing with the rest of the line and and We've known that uh, Zach Martin, if any guy can be moved at any point without needing a whole bye week to adjust and, and do all that, it's Zach Martin. So uh, I'm just glad that at least they made it happen, finally. It took a really long time and maybe it did cost them a few games, maybe, but uh, at the same time, based on the results that we were able to see this uh, yesterday, it's clear how bad they needed to make this kind of move and it's clear how much of a help or how big or how much of a need you need your like offensive line to be able to perform better and how it affects the rest of your offense as a whole. One of the things that we've heard from McCarthy about this on this subject was and he's been consistent about this is he wants continuity on the offensive line. He thinks the offensive line is bigger than just any one player uh, playing well or getting reps. He was saying he wanted the continuity and it's about having all five as much as you can have those guys playing together. Do you think that maybe one of the reasons why they waited so long to make the decision was because they were waiting for the bye week? And maybe, again, we're not able to see all of practice. Maybe at practice they were doing some of these things a little bit to start moving them in that direction, but the bye week gave them the ability to really get a little bit more continuity before they rolled it out. Nick? Yeah, I think that that's what you, you do in the bye week is that you, you figure out uh, different wrinkles you can have. Now, of course, this is more than a wrinkle. This is a this is a big change on the line. But you, this is the time that you make those changes. And and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that that you know, like like Amber said. I mean, they kind of knew exactly what they were going to have to do at center. And and so from there, they they just figured out this was this was the best time. But I, I really think more than anything, it was the development of, of McGovern and, and and the trust in him. Because uh, now you know it's a little different for him when he when he started against Washington. He had Biotish. And, and he had uh, Steele on the right side. Then he plays this game. He's got Looney and Zach Martin. So, um, you know, I think it, it allowed him to be more comfortable too. But, but you know, I'll say this. Let's, let, don't forget that, that they haven't faced like a dominating defensive line yet. I don't think Zach Martin's really faced like this premier pass rusher. And, and enter the Washington football team. Yeah, he's about to. <laughs> Amber, what do you think? I forgot what was the question. Uh, the question was, is it reasonable to assume that the bye week gave them the ability to be able to make this change oh, and the keep the week? continuity and, and get the continuity that he's been searching for? Well, I feel like, um, I mean, that's what I kind of alluded to in my other responses. Yeah, the bye week, obviously, it's always going to help because it's a time for you to take a step back and rearrange and reevaluate things. But at the same time, like I said, uh, the only thing that I see is is them knowing that Tyler is out and now you, you kind of have a better idea of the guys that you have in your line and you're not really re having to reshuffle everyone around and it's more just one guy moving to the outside. So obviously it, it, uh, it's going to help and, and the fact that everything that Nick just said about Connor McGovern and them maybe having enough trust in him to this point uh, allow them to finally go ahead and make that move because when you when you look at the option I mean who would you rather have a guard a rookie like McGovern or Zach Martin obviously it's going to be Zach Martin and so at this point it's just good for them to finally look at okay who are our fa uh, sorry our 
five best guys and that's exactly what they're doing they, they took out Terrence Steele which he has not been any part of their best fives at all at any point of the season <laughs> so I'm just glad that it's finally happened to where they're like okay let's now at this point actually try to have our best five out there on the field Dave I think Nick's Nick's theory about McGovern is pretty good, and I, I like it. Um, I still don't think I buy it because you've got like nine you got nine games of tape on Terrence Steele that tells you it ain't working. Whereas even in the glimpses that we saw of Connor McGovern, you kind of get the sense that okay, maybe he can hold his own, especially if he's got Zach Martin next to him. Um, so. Maybe that's part of it. No, the, the bye week thing doesn't hold any water whatsoever, in my opinion. Uh, they didn't practice during the bye week because of the COVID issue with the Steelers. So didn't practice, didn't get to do any of this stuff. Zach said last night uh, that they didn't tell him he was moving to tackle until Monday when they came back from the bye. Mm. And he tweaked his calf, so he was limited in practice going into this game. He didn't get to do as much as he would probably prefer in terms of on-field reps. He's just that much of a badass that he can step out there on the right side with limited experience and, and hold his own. Um, so, no, I don't think that's why. I think, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but they were like, enough is enough and we've got to do something. Um, yeah. and, I mean, better better late than never, but I don't, I don't buy any sort of, like, grand epiphany that they were like, this is why this makes sense right now. Yeah. I think it would have made just as much sense three weeks ago, but yeah. at least they did it. My personal opinion is I think this had everything to do with this upcoming game. I think they wanted to do it before they got to the Washington game because they knew they were going to be facing the kind of players where it would be more important for you to make sure that you could shore up the the, the, the outside. And, uh, and then I think they wanted to give Zach this game where he didn't have that kind of matchup to be able to kind of get used to it before heading into the game against Washington. I personally believe yeah. that has a lot to do with the timing on why they decided to do it now. That's actually that's a really good point. And, you know, Zach, Zach Martin is a consummate professional with the media. Like, he's never, he's never going to give you anything. Uh, I, I don't think it's a complete coincidence. I know he hurt his calf, but he didn't talk to the media this week. And I just I don't think that's a complete coincidence that they were maybe like, ah, let's let's keep people in the dark for as long as we can. Um, but he said last night after the game, he was like, well, you know, for this for this first game, I thought it went really well. And I asked him, I was like, you keep saying for this first game, does that mean you anticipate staying out there for the foreseeable future? And he was like, well, I'll, I'll be out there on Thursday, and then we'll see what happens after that. So I think that makes a lot of sense that they were like, Zach, please help us deal with these Washington edge rushers. <laughs> this is going to be a problem otherwise. All right, let's talk about Andy Dalton. He was 22 of 32, 69% completion rate, 203 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, a 104 quarterback rating. Uh, was it better, worse, or the same as what you expected coming into this game from him? Nick, let's start with you. Um, I thought it was a little bit better uh, than than what I thought. I mean, mainly more his his uh, presence in the pocket, you know, because he he, he ran uh, for a first down at one time, and I th I thought he didn't, you know, for a guy that took a big hit and then you know he's he's been out for a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. he didn't look timid uh, to me too bad. I don't think he was rushing his throws or scared to be in the pocket. I thought he hung in there pretty good and. And, you know, I thought what, what Bucky Brooks said on our show last week about how he doesn't have to be a superhero here. Just go out 
and play within himself. And I thought that's what he did. So I, yeah, it, it was it was a little bit better than than what I thought. But you know, I think it was it was a it was a good solid performance by him. Amber, I think uh, yeah, a little bit better than than I expected. At least uh, at this point of the season, based on everything that we've seen. Obviously, we just got done talking about the O line. That was a huge help for him. I thought he did a nice job, and, and, and that Kellen Moore did a nice job, just kind of creating plays for that that would accommodate to him and, and his skills. I think that the the fact that they were able to get so many guys involved, so many options for him, so many different targets, and yeah, he wasn't perfect or anything, but at the same time, just. Uh, we, and we've known he, he's a very capable guy. It's just the fact of being able to plug him in in this type of offense and making it work. So I thought that the, what Kellen Moore did as far as adjusting everything to, hopeful, to what I think favored him and give him as many options as possible definitely helped. And I thought he did a, a, a very nice job overall because I, I didn't have any faith at that <laughs> Before Sunday, I had no faith, no faith at all. So now, now yes, I, I, I'm on the Andy Dalton boat again. I'm, <laughs> I, man, I suck. I suck because I switch my feelings so much with this team with that it just sucks. But yes, good job by Andy Dalton. Dave, nobody believed in my guy Andy. Nobody, no, everybody wanted Garrett Gilbert, which actually, so. I, I thought he played great, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not trying to hate on him. I, I thought it was worse than what I was expecting, to be honest with you, just just by a little bit. And when I say that, I mean, yeah, he distributed the ball well. I thought he looked he looked so poised and, and like he looked like a 10-year vet who's been to three Pro Bowls. Like, he didn't look phased by any of it. But six yards per attempt is really it's not wonderful by nfl standards like the the vertical element of the offense was not really there i thought i thought he'd be capable of a few more explosive plays um some of that isn't his fault you know michael gallup dropped a long completion um and, and you know so it's but like i you know the explosive element of the offense wasn't there but it, it could still come so you know i, I don't think that's awful and again, he played great. You know, he was clutch. He had three touchdowns. He threw the game-winning touchdown pass. You can obviously win games with him playing the way that he played. Um, but against, and obviously everybody left on the schedule kind of sucks, but against a better defense than Minnesota's, you know, they've got like four rookies in the secondary. Baltimore's got a good Against defense. a better defense than Minnesota's. Yeah, I mean, against I mean, Washington's got this great front that's going to make yeah. life difficult on him. So against a better defense... I think you're going to need him to, like I said, there's going to be a need to need to be more explosive in the passing game, probably, if I had to guess. But it's a hell of a first step in the right direction. I thought he played really well. All right, we're going to flip to the defensive side of the ball. we got to talk about Donovan Wilson. Yesterday he has two takeaways. He is among the league leaders with nine tackles. Uh, in the last two weeks, he has three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, two and a half sacks. Has Dallas found, finally found a playmaking safety um, again, I'm not saying he's perfect or great. I am saying he might be the best prospect that they've had at the safety position in quite a long time. What are your thoughts? Amber, let's start with you. Well, I want to ask this question to you guys who have a, a more experienced eye and perspective of the game. What, what, what was the big difference here? How come like all of a sudden we, we keep seeing Donovan Wilson in this game making plays and it's like, okay, where has this been 
all year. So I, what was the, how, how, how did they make this happen? And how did he all of a sudden start making plays like this, like we saw last night? So I need one of you guys to answer this for me, please. Well, I wrote a whole column. I'll take a stab at it, let Nick, unless you've got... Well, I just laughed oh, because my whole column ahead. was based off that question. Like, I really hope people don't say, where has this been all yeah, year? Yeah. And, of course, um, that was the, the question. But um, <laughs> I, I, Of course, I'm going to ask it. But, you know, as for Donovan Wilson, it's, it's actually fair because I don't have a great answer for that one. I had answers for other ones, but... Um, because all he's ever done is made a play. Yeah, is since it, he got here. Uh, yeah, I mean, all just hadn't been all in the field. All the yeah, time. I just I, I don't. I, did he run poorly in, at the combine? I mean, I, I don't know because apparently he did it at A and M. I mean, Rob was going nuts on Twitter, you know, with his with his Aggie making plays <laughs> like that. Um, I just I don't know. I, I don't know what what the the thought process is. I think I think the game was kind of big for him. Um, you know, just just learning it, learning. You know, just picking up and being aware and stuff like that. But when he was out there. You know, he always seemed the ball just seems to find him. And that's a huge, that's a huge trait for safety. It was interesting this morning. I saw on Twitter uh, someone put up Dane Brugel, who also does some draft coverage for us. His his draft um, uh, write up yeah. on on Donovan Wilson. And one of the things he said was he's a guy that can make plays, but he's a guy that can also be overly aggressive, and that can be frustrating at times because it causes him to overrun plays. It causes him sometimes to get targeting calls because he's yeah. just a little too aggressive. Um, and so I think that may be part of it is all we've seen since he's got here, like you said, even in practice, we've been talking about him making plays in practice for a while now. Yeah. The, the issue is that they just haven't gotten him on the field, and now he's on the field, he's making plays. My question is, and what I want to go back and watch is, were there plays in the game yesterday and last week where he should have been in a place that he wasn't, or he didn't quite get to, to make a tackle because he made – uh, he was a little too over-aggressive. That's the kind of stuff that doesn't always show up, mm-hmm. it, especially if a guy's making plays. You kind of gloss over that kind of stuff. I wonder if that's what's happening when you talk about a guy like this that's kind of a, you know, he can do some big things, but he can also make some mistakes for you. Dave, do you have an opinion on that? I don't want to – well, I don't want to – you're right. Like, I need to go back and watch it uh, – I need to go back and watch it before I form an opinion, but I'm pretty sure he had a hand in Jeff, Justin Jefferson's long touchdown. Like, I think he was back in single high on that touchdown, so I'm sure he did not play a perfect game. But it sure is refreshing to just see a guy uh, who can make plays on the ball. Like, you know, I'm not trying to say Donovan Wilson's definitely going to be the next great Cowboys safety, but we just, like I said, when I, you know, when I said that was the big moment in the game, like, we just haven't seen that from the position. Lord knows Xavier Woods, is he's had plenty of opportunities in his career. He doesn't usually cash in on them. So it's it was just nice to see a safety who was capable of doing that. I'm positive he didn't play a perfect game, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of you know it's kind of same thing we've talked about with Trayvon Diggs. You know, he's not perfect, but at least you like the fact that he's making a play every now and then, yeah. right? He's doing something to make a play, and if you can turn the ball over on this team, then that's a guy I want to keep on this team because they don't have enough of those guys that are making those kinds of plays. And he turned like literally both those turnovers yesterday's. Those were plays that he made. This was yeah. not a quarterback that kind of overthrew a guy, and you just happened to be in the right spot and you make the interception. These were situations where he literally, the quarterback's going down, and he strips the ball from the quarterback. Yeah. Or the guy's coming across the, the middle of the field, he makes the catch, and then you light him up 
in order to, to get the ball out, and then it's a turnover. Like, those are opportunities that wouldn't be there but for his play. Can I give you some bad news? Sure. I don't know if it's next. I don't know if it's Thursday or in Baltimore or whatever. He's going to get a 15 yard penalty here, pretty uh, like yes, a cup probably. I mean, he could have actually got one yeah. on the, his hit to Cousins, no doubt. You know, I mean, if it was if, if because it was, he's very aggressive. Yeah, but I'll tell you this: Tony, if you would have played for Arkansas, it'd have been targeting. I will tell you sure. this. <laughs> I will tell you this. I will take a little. LSU bit of that. had a guy kicked out of that oh, game gosh, too. Here we go. Here we go. I don't want to get into that. It, I will tell you this though. I, I do think that he's going to be the kind of player that I will take that from some of the time. Yeah. If he can give me some of the plays like like he gave me yesterday, I'll take a little bit of over aggressive at times for this particular defense because I think they need a little bit of that. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you joining us. Go ahead, Dave. You have can time? I just well, real? I, I just one. I'm. I hate to be mean. Be, like it, it, it has nothing to do with Donovan Wilson, but it's just something that I'm thinking about because we're talking about safeties, we're talking about being aggressive, blah blah blah. Can we can we stop giving Darren Woodson's number to the Waldo of the defense? Like, <laughs> I'm with it, you on that. It bums me out. I'm like 28 deserve. I'm not saying I'm not saying it needs to be retired. But it was Daryl Worley at the start of the season, and, and I'm not trying to hate on Rashard Robinson. Lord knows why. I mean, I put that on the coaches more than anything, that a practice squad guy had to play that many snaps. But it just hurts my heart a little bit to see number 28 just get picked on by the opposing offense, like all season long, like all all year. Yeah. So just, I don't know, maybe maybe do something about that, like, you know, have a heart for Darren Woodson. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. The, the, the equipment manager have told, has told me before that they try to protect certain players. Like, yeah. you won't see a 33 at a running back. You yeah. might see him defensive back or whatever, or 48's not going to be a fullback or yeah. whatever. They're going to protect those guys. So that surprises me that a DB, I mean, they gave it to Felix Jones as a running back. But at 28, no, nah, I think I think you're right, Dave. That needs to be a little be more discerning, right? Offensive player yeah. at this point. If you're going to do it, then do it for a guy that you I feel agree. like is a little or, better player. Or, at least make him a draft pick. Or right? do it the other way, like you're 94 or, of course, you're 88, yeah. and say, all right, this guy's going to be a Are you worthy of it? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, we I agree. certainly haven't seen a 28 that's that caliber. Out of safety, we have. No. All right. We appreciate no. you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start getting into Cowboys versus the Washington football team. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!